Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. What's up and welcome inside Fantasy Football Frenzy. Weekend edition right here on FNTSY Radio. Corey Parson and George Kurtz for the next hour got you covered. Get you updated on the latest news surrounding the NFL. How it's going to affect your fantasy team for 2018. For the most part, NFL draft free agency is already passed. So we kind of got a good look at what kind of rosters are out there. I know a lot of guys are already drafting. I'm already beginning to draft myself. So bringing my man George Kurtz here. George, welcome to the program. Glad to have you, my man. Corey, we're back again. It's been been a little while since you and I have done a show together. I'm always happy to talk some football with you. It has been, George, and I'm glad to talk some football with you also, my man. Um, First of all, how's everything going, George? It's been a while. Everything's good. You know, nothing really uh, much changes for me here. You know, well, it's, uh, finally it's nice weather today, right? So it's, uh, it's a beautiful finally. spring day. Uh, you mentioned uh, the football draft just ended, the NFL draft. So uh, I just completed a dynasty, uh, uh, a, a rookie draft in a dynasty league. It's an uh, ongoing dynasty league. Just, just completed my rookie draft, six-round draft there. So uh, in football mood. So let me ask you about the rookie draft, right? Coming up on the program, before we get into that, coming up on the program today, uh, I got an MFL 10 I'm in right now. I want to ask George some of his thoughts on uh, what I've done with that. Also, I also had another 12-team redraft that I did maybe about two weeks or so ago. want to get your thoughts on that, George, as we break it down and start to get ready to put the pieces to the puzzle together. Also, you had the gambling thing go down this week, discuss how that affects fantasy football. So, Got a real big show coming up for you, and glad to be rocking with my man, George Kurtz. Even though you're probably in Stanley Cup mode right now, George, I'm glad you're taking some time out on the weekend. Uh, it's always in Stanley Cup mode, uh, game uh, <laughs> six tonight. Uh, hey, Vegas, man, it's all about Vegas. Game five, actually, this afternoon, Vegas and Winnipeg. I mean, I know you're not a big hockey guy, Coy, but Vegas, I mean, I'm a baseball, football, hockey guy. The Vegas Golden Knights are the story in sports this year. I mean, an expansion team, that's uh, very well, more than likely, going to the Stanley Cup Finals. It's incredible. Speaking of the gambling thing, Vegas. Hey, who would have known? And the Rangers will be there in a that? couple of years. Yeah, uh-huh. So, George, tell me about this Dynasty League. How long have you been in it? And uh, what you, what you going into the draft, what did you think you needed? Uh, no, it's a uh, it's a deep dynasty league. Uh, with the, it's an industry league. A lot of names you know uh, from ours. Uh, Mike uh, Blewett's in it. Mike Florio, I believe, is in it as well. He must have taken over a team because he uh, I don't think he was in it last season. It's thirty two teams at the uh, our former platform. Uh, so it's thirty two teams separated into two conferences, just like the NFL. And uh, if you're in the North Conference, you could have the same players as someone in the South Conference. That could happen. So it's a pretty much a 16-team league for the purpose of drafting, but it's also an IDP league, a heavy IDP league. You actually start more IDPs than you do offensive players. So uh, it's important to keep that in mind there. I have, uh, I'm, I'm the Buffalo Bills there, uh, Corey. I've lost to a championship okay. the past two seasons. You know, So back-to-back losses. I got talked early last year. Got girlied. You know, he had the big uh, week 16. He crushed me. I didn't have to watch the rest of the uh, the rest of the games that that weekend because I was done. Uh, so I had the last pick in the first round. It's a static. You know, just like the NFL, I had the last pick in every round. So uh, I went uh, after IDPs because, like I said, they're heavy. You need linebackers in this league. So I grabbed. Uh, I think Matt Schaaf actually got the top linebacker of Aquan Smith before I did. So I got the second best in my mind, Bradley Chubb. And the second round, I went after a defensive end, running backs. Just like in every league. I think the first six picks, maybe even seven of the first eight picks, were running backs in this dynasty draft, just like it is every place else. Yeah, I think you got some interesting rookie running backs out there this season, George. Obviously, Saquon Barkley is a name that everybody is going to be on hot and heavy this season. But then I think it's some guys a little bit further down the board that can get an opportunity to uh, finish off as at least a top 25 fantasy running back as a rookie. So we'll get into some of that stuff and break that down, too. So, George, with the gambling thing, right? Do you think this is going to hurt? I don't think it's anything that's going to ever hurt season-long fantasy football. But I look at DFS as, okay, why am I betting on players when I can now put a wager down on a game? 
Well, I think it comes down to what do you feel you know more? I mean, me personally, I'd rather bet on players. I know players. You know, games are so many things that can turn a game. I think I'd, I'd have better luck with players. Uh, I don't think it's going to hurt the industry at all. Uh, okay. Because once again, uh, I do worry about this. We are a microwave society. So I don't think it's going to hurt DFS. I can actually see it hurting year-long, but I can see a lot of things hurting year-long. I thought DFS might hurt year-long because we want satisfaction now. You know, with DFS, theoretically, you know, if you want to play baseball this afternoon, you could find out if you won by 4 o'clock. You know, yeah, play the true. 1 o'clock games. You know, in three hours, you could find out. Microwave society, we could find out right away. I mean, you play a day slate, find out by 7. If it's a, a normal, if it's a, a week, more of a Saturday than a Sunday, you could play a day and or a night slate. You know, you could break it down like that and find out right away. So I was always worried about that. You know, rather than, you know, redraft leagues, year-long leagues, you have to wait till October for baseball. For football, yeah. you have to wait till December. You know, you have to wait four months. Where, in, you know, the events you don't. Gambling, if you're going to bet on the games that day, you don't. Now, I'm not a big gambler, Corey, but I support mm -hmm. this. I think it should have been. I, I'm a believer that we, the people, should be able to police ourselves in matters like this. You know, I'm not hurt. If I'm gambling, I'm not hurting anybody else but me if I lose. It should be my choice to do that. I'm like that with several things, including like wearing a seatbelt in your car. It should be my choice. Nobody else's. <laughs> yeah, if I want to go through the window, that's my business. That's my business. <laughs> I'm not hurting anybody else. <laughs> oh, man, George. You know, I, I'm glad that you gave that take and that opinion. I think season-long fantasy football is so ingrained in what we do when you talk about the 10-team, the 12-team Yahoo League, the 12-team league on ESPN, stuff like that. You got the work leagues and friends and family leagues and stuff like that. That's why I think season-long fantasy football is safe, but I can understand the longevity of it, like you said, in this microwave society. So I definitely get where you're coming from on that one. So in your dynasty draft, you mainly went IDP, huh? Is this the only IDP league you're in, or, or, or do you have other IDP leagues you participate in? I play in other IDP leagues, but nowhere near as deep as this. Uh, okay. so this, uh, this is 40-man rosters. We start 20 players. Your normal offense, but no, obviously no, you don't start a defense. And then you start 11 IDPs. So you start more defense than you do uh, offense here. I prefer IDP, sorry. I think, uh, you really? know, I... I, I like to get rid of defense. I like to get rid of kickers. I'm not say, listen, I'm not saying if you, if you don't play IDP, and I understand most leagues don't play IDP. You don't need to start 11 from day one. But you know what? Start a linebacker. Start a, a guy in the secondary. Start a defensive lineman. Everyone's going to have all pros if you do that. No one's going to really have a big advantage, but it gets you indoctrinated into IDPs. The game becomes more fun. Football, you know, defense is a part of football. It should Not be actually more than a defense. I, I just dislike Corey immensely. When we tell everybody, ah, draft this guy in the last round. You know, draft the, draft the kicker in round 16. Draft the defense in round 15. A quarterback, wait forever on a quarterback. It's why I like super flex as well. I like more strategy involved. All right, so there you go right there. I can dig it. I'm such an addict of the 12-team redraft and trying to figure out a different way, a different style to do it every year. So kind of practicing and working on that right about now. So now, so out of, out of your leagues, George, I find this interesting. Do a lot of IDP, as you said. Would you, what would you consider your main league or your league that you know what, this is the league year in and year out. I don't care if it's a dollar on it. I don't care if it's a hundred dollar on it. The, the league that you want to win the most, the league that you feel the most passionate about, the league that you're closest to your baby. You know, it's funny. Uh, people probably think it's one of the industry leagues I play in. It's not. You know, uh, if the league I care about most is my home league. Listen, I'm playing with my friends. I'm playing with my family. My brother's in there, my nephew. You know, and these guys I've been playing with since the late 80s. This My home league has uh, is been going on since 1988, so this will be year 30. You know, and I want to beat these guys. You know, we've known these guys for. They want to beat me. You know, because they all think uh, it's amazing. I try to make a move in that league, and I always get overclaimed because people think I know something. But generally, it's a hunch more than anything else. But uh, that's the league I want to win. I mean, you know, listen, I love my brother to death. In baseball, he had uh, Sean Manaya on his roster. Sean Manaya pitched a no-hitter. My brother didn't start him that day. So as soon as that no-hitter became official, first thing I do, I mean, a second after the last pitch, send him a little text. Oh, that must hurt. And, of course, he sends me a text with two Two letters. You can imagine what two letters they were back. I want to win that league, though, Corey. It's my, the home league. It's always the home league. And, and coincidentally, that home league is the most expensive league I play in as well. Well, really, so then, that, that, so then that's good right there that, you know, you get the most bang for your buck and the most fun in the same league. When it comes to me, a lot like my league, my home league, it's kind of died off the past couple years, so I don't really say that I have a home league or a favorite league. You know, obviously, I think I have leagues that, you know, where you got a little bit more scratch on it. You want to definitely compete in those. So 
I kind of have like an elimination process when it comes to my leagues, George, because, listen, if I do 10 or 12 redrafts, you know, I've, full disclosure, this may come as a shock to the listening audience, but I'm not going to win all 10 or 12 leagues. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Why not? You're an expert. The, the things happen, you know, throughout the course of the year. So what I've noticed is last year, what I did very well in was the auction leagues that I was in. Because as you remember last year, my strategy was to buy the season, the prior season's trash. A lot of times in redrafts, I wasn't liking the value I was getting on guys like Todd Gurley, DeAndre Hopkins, Keenan Allen. They were much better values in auctions, though people weren't going to spend up for those players. I had Todd Gurley last year on one of the auction leagues that I won for $34. I mean, you're talking about a $55, $60 running back right there. You saw what he did down the stretch, won people championships. So um, that's kind of the way I go. Basically what I do is as the season dwindles down, I can tell when a team is out of it. No more shot to make the playoffs. That league will become less important, and the leagues where it's more shots, more chances to win, those leagues become more important. That's kind of how I rock it right now, George. Yeah, I, it's funny. When I go into leagues, I generally don't have any set strategy. Uh, because I think things are going to change too much. Uh, I do. Uh, I've cut down my league scoring. I know you play in more leagues than I. Do. I've cut down because I felt that if when I was playing in fifteen, twenty leagues, I wasn't very good because I couldn't pay attention to Fab. If they, especially if Fab was on different days, Tuesday, Wednesday, some leagues at Thursday, and I was missing Fab dates sometimes. So I, I started to cut down a couple of years back to make it uh, maybe a more manageable half that around seven days. Exactly. Weeks. Yeah, I, I, I find that's better for me. You know, other than that, when I go into a draft, uh, assuming the leagues are the same, I mean, there's so many different rule changes in these leagues. You know, some PPR, PP a half, PP, uh, I saw a PP one last year. Uh, did you play in the Scott Fishbowl last year? Yeah, I did Scott Fishbowl. So remember, he had the PP one of a uh, point per first exactly. down. Not, I yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. I think that's actually more a better way as far as what's more important in the NFL than a PPR. I like I like the fact that I think more leagues could go to that uh, PP one. So uh, I kind of like that, and it's a super flex league as well. I I love that. But for me, the only strategy generally I have is I almost always know who my first round pick will be, because if it's twelve team leagues, which most of the leagues I play in are, I have my twelve top twelve guys listed in order, and I'm going to follow that list. And after that, it's really just how the draft flows. Okay, so I, I I get I understand you on that one. That makes perfect sense right there. So now let me ask you this. So when it comes to the okay, when you said you cut down on leagues, what generally what leagues do you tend to cut? You know what I mean? Like I try to cut down on leagues, but I really can't seem to figure out like which leagues to remove myself from. Yeah, you know uh, I feel bad because I, I I was the guy. If someone asked me to play in a league, I said yes. Like, you know, I've been assuming that guy it wasn't for a long some, time. right. Because I, I, you know, I I want to play. I love draft day. There's nothing like to draft day. I've said it many times for me. Draft day is like Christmas. That's when I get to open my presents. My team is my present. You know, I get to yeah. draft my players. Those are my gifts, and I get to work that team. So I, I just love draft day. I always have. So uh, what I've done is leagues that you know maybe I didn't care about a little less than others, or maybe I didn't know as many people. You know, I've gone about it that way, or the rules I didn't like. That was easy. Okay. If anything didn't have a, a rules, right, too complicated. You know, I this is not really fo- – football is pretty much straightforward, but I've left some baseball leagues because I swear, Corey, I needed a law degree to understand these rules. <laughs> I mean, there, there was one league. I mean, it was an industry league, maybe not full industry, but at least half the guys were in the industry, including names that people would know. But uh, I couldn't understand the rules in this league. I mean, it was, it was ridiculous when you could claim players and when you couldn't claim players or who you could claim. It's like you, you literally needed a degree. I need to be a general manager here. It's like I, I, I don't have a – I, I can't devote full time to this league. It also ended up being a league where I, I think I ended up finishing second my first year, and the commissioner ran off with the money. So that made it easy oh, not to come back too. That makes it very easy not to come back. I, that's disgusting. I hate when that happens. So definitely, you know, those services like League Safe and stuff like that is the way to go to ensure and guarantee um, that everybody gets taken care of after the season ends because you hate to see situations like that. I'm 100% in agreement with you on that one because if I'm in a league, I mean, I just gave you money. <laughs> Basically, I just gave you money. <laughs> you can I don't act. care if you invest you the money. You know, if you want to make a couple yeah. of dollars in interest, fine. Go do what you got to do. Come at the end of the year, the winners better get paid. You know, that, that was uh, that, that was silly. That, actually, I think that league continued. I think someone else sort of made up for it. Uh, I did. Uh, I think whatever. Well, I must have finished third because it ended up being uh, when I won, sort of covered my entry fee for the next season. So I took that good enough, but I gave the team to somebody else. I paid the fee with my winnings and let a friend of mine take over the team because I didn't want anything to do with that league anymore. 
No doubt about it. So there you go, right there. So, George, um, are you big MFL ten guy, or you or you don't really get in them till a little bit later on? I guess the uh, depends on what you define as big, but yes. You know, uh, I will play more as we go on. You mentioned I'm really into baseball and hockey. I'm, I'm still in hockey leagues now, too. So uh, once once hockey dies down, which it really is, I'll be uh, play more MFL 10s. I like best ball at this point because I, it's just draft it and leave it. Yeah. Then I don't have, I don't have to worry. worry. I drafted about... my team. Yep. Right. I don't, I don't have to make any moves. So it doesn't, it doesn't count. When the, my, uh, my best balls don't count as far as the seven or eight leagues I'll play in. I agree with you. I don't. I don't. I don't uh, count those leagues towards my tally. I'll check in throughout the course of the season, and hopefully, I can find a check at the end and kind of roll it over to the next year. So, continuing to play with house money in the uh, my fantasy league contest, which is now owned by Sports Hub Technology. So, once again, it's open for everybody to play. I know last year with the new rules uh, regarding fantasy sports in different states, New York was not allowed to participate in MFL tens, but now with the merger with Sports Hub, they are back in business. So, you can head on over there and get ready. Strategy together for um, 2018. Are you okay, George? Ah, uh, that's a good thing, right? Because I wasn't able oh, to play okay. last oh, year. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah New no, York. I live in New York, Long Island, man. So yes, well, yeah, I'm, I'm very happy about that. I was in Long Island last night, George. Yeah, where were you? I was in Valley Stream. So Valley Stream grew up in uh, Elmont. That's next door. Oh yeah, there spent, you go, right there. So yeah, spent quite a few, quite a bit of my uh, youth in Valley Stream. There you go. I was I spent a lot of my adult years, <laughs> uh, at least last night. So, um, but that's kind of that's not that close to where you are. That's still like a you still got. Oh, that's hell and gone now. Good way out. Yeah, that, that's hell and gone. Uh, I'm a probably a good hour from Valley Stream <laughs> about now. Yeah, about to say, George said no, 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 no. The the the, the estate is a little bit further out, <laughs> as the king would say, the palatial estate of one Mr. George Kurtz. Speaking of my fantasy league tens, I got one going on right now. I had the 12th pick in the draft, so I was on the turn. Let me get back on the other side, let you know what I did, and get George's opinions. It's the fantasy football frenzy on FNTSY Radio. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Fantasy Football Frenzy, FNTSY Radio. Fantasy Executive George Kurtz. Make sure that you uh, check us out on YouTube, FNTSY YouTube page. Subscribe to that. And you get all the video content done from Studio 34 right there on your desktop, your telephone, your laptop. So many different ways to stream us right here on FNTSY Radio. All right, so George, here's the scenario. MFL 10, I'll start with this one. I'm through uh, four rounds, and, you know, kind of getting my f- – I, I, like I said, I've done a couple drafts. For some odd reason, every draft I've had so far this year, I'm drafting at the back end of the draft. So I'm already like, okay, let me mix and match it and see it a couple different ways. So at the end of round one, I'm in 12. I'm on the one-two turn. Sitting there on the wrap, which I so far I don't know which spot I like the most this year, but that's kind of what I'm trying to get um figured out. Now, as I'm sitting there on the wrap, one thing that you notice automatically this year is the running backs are flying off the board. You know how we went wide receivers so heavy for one year, and then the wide receivers, you know, were winning it. Then you know how you know how fantasy is group thing. Everybody does the same thing for the most part. Now, with this being said, I'm coming in here. You see the running backs flying off the board this year. I'm coming up towards the back end of round one. I want to know what you think. What if you think what I did was uh, 
you know, decent here. I'm going to go up here and open up the draft room because that's how you got to see it, George. <laughs> so, <laughs> off the board is Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson, Antonio Brown, Ezekiel Elliott, Alvin Kamara, DeAndre Hopkins, Odell Beckham. Saquon goes at 1-9. Then you get Kareem Hunt at 110. Fournette, 111. At 112, I'm thinking mm-hmm. Melvin Gordon here because that's kind of where, in my opinion, the running back drop-off is after Gordon. But I'm thinking to myself that I might be able to – first of all, I already got Gordon. Like I said, I've been drafting in the back end. And I don't mind Olin Gordon. He catches a lot of passes. He has a nose for the goal line. That yards per carry and that stunning 1,000-yard season, we want to see a little bit more of that. But for the most part, he gets it done fantasy-wise. I think he finishes at the RB1 with no problem. But I went and I took Michael Thomas and Devontae Adams, leaving Keenan Allen, Julio Jones, A.J. Green, and Melvin Gordon on the board. Okay, uh, I admit that's not what I would have done. Uh, I have no problem with the players you drafted. All right, I have no, no okay. problem with Michael Thomas and Devontae Adams. But, my, I mean, I think uh, when, you know, before the break, when you told me you had 12 and 13, Two things went through my head. So I, sh- I shouldn't say it's not what I would have done. But uh, two things went through my head. The first one was I'm definitely grabbing a running back. Not two, but one. The second thing was, but if I don't, if for some reason two raw wide receivers are calling out to me, then I'm going zero running back. You know, and that's a strategy which uh, I don't really like to do. I think it's tough because you don't pick again until 36-37. So you're, yeah. you're automatically going zero running because there's not going to be anybody left. At least nobody really that you can count on here. Uh, I mean, no running back that I would say fell. I was, uh, when, you, when you're going down through a list of running backs that went down, first thing that came to my mind was, oh, man, Fournette's still there. And then he said he went. I'm like, oh, you don't get him. Melvin Gordon, though, he's sort of right there at the bottom of that tier of really being a running back that I don't think I could pass up. You know, I think if Gordon would, would have been gone as well, I probably would have done maybe what you've done, what you did. But with, that, with Gordon there, I think I'm grabbing him. He's in my top uh, eight as far as – I see I'm sorry, top nine. I have him at number nine at uh, running back. Uh, so I think – I don't think I could have passed up Gordon. That's the bottom line there. So I, I would have gone Gordon and probably Michael Thomas or Gordon and Devontae, whichever way you wanted to go there. I just don't – I would not have wanted to wait, you know, another 20 – three picks to get my first running back. And I agree with you, and that's the thing that I've done in most of the drafts I've had. But like I said, I've gotten Melvin Gordon drafting at that back end on that turn. I think that's a good value right there. And then Michael Thomas is normally sitting there also, or Julio Jones or somebody like that. Now, I ranked – I'm putting Devontae Adams over Julio Jones. Is that a mistake? No, no. I mean, listen, I think in a vacuum, Julio Jones is the better wide receiver, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But he gets hurt. Every year, he always seems to be banged up. Or even if he plays, he's got the toe, he's got the footwear, he's not 100%. Uh, and, you know, you got Aaron Rodgers. You know, Devontae Adams is the number one there. No Jordy Nelson anymore. Uh, yeah, no, I think uh, I don't mind this at all. I don't know if I had the balls to do it, to be honest, to not have to take Adams over Jones, but I, it doesn't bother me anybody who does. It's purely, you know what, I want the guy to be on the field. And Julio Jones, I just have my doubts that he'll always be there. Also, you can look at it this way. You know, Atlanta can run the ball pretty well, too. They could have a nice – they got Calvin Ridley on the opposite side now, so they have a nice balanced offense. They're not going to need to throw the ball over the place. Green Bay still will. I agree with you. I think Adams is the pick here, even over Keenan Allen and Julio Jones, obviously two of the top wide receivers in the NFL. But I think Devontae Adams is going to set up to have himself a big year. Do not be surprised if Devontae Adams, as we get closer and closer to August and September, if Devontae Adams becomes locked in a mainstay in the first round of fantasy drafts. After, after I take Adams, then you see Melvin Gordon go Julio Jones, followed by A.J. Green and Keenan Allen. Amari Cooper in the middle of the second round. I think you can buy Amari Cooper for cheaper than that this year, George. I am not spending a second-round pick on him. Listen, if he breaks out this year under Gruden, under Chucky, fine. Then I'm wrong. I'd rather be wrong. on your team. (laughs) Right. He he had the last, I mean, probably two more rounds for me to really take a look at him. I think the talent is there, but he's so unreliable. Carr took a step back as well. The Raiders are playing like it's 1999. Uh, I mean, uh, no, just, just no. I, I, I can't do that. I can't pull that trigger. I mean, there are some wide receivers you didn't mention that I would take over them, you know, that didn't go yet. Hill, Thielen, uh, more reliable. Maybe even Fitzgerald. I'm probably a little scared on Fitzgerald. Uh, Ty Hilton, assume, uh, T.Y. Hilton, assuming uh, we find out more about Andrew Luck. Uh, so, uh, no. Uh, Cooper, uh, I could play in 20 teams. I don't know if Cooper will be on any of them. 
All right, so then after the after Cooper goes, then we see Dalvin Cook and Jerick McKinnon go back to back. McKinnon is interesting there. McKinnon had a big year last year. I don't know if it warrants, warrants a second round pick. Now the situation in San Fran, Carlos Hyde not there. They bring McKinnon out there, but I don't think that McKinnon gets a full load out here. This is all about the Shanahan offense, you know, and how yep. he's been great no with running about backs. It. You know, Hyde had a great year. Hyde also played 16 games for the first time in his career. We know for how well Freeman did uh, with Shanahan. Uh, now, McKinnon, he's not a guy. I don't think he's, he's a, a great talent. You know, I think he's in a good system here. So I do like him. And I have him as a running back, too. So uh, running back, the way running backs are going to fly off the board, that probably does mean he's a second-round pick. But he's the guy I'm not dying to go out and get. You know, they got Matt Breed there, too. You got Joe Williams, who was on IR all of last year. They'll see what this guy can do. I don't think he's a workhorse back, if that's, uh, any, if that's anyone's thinking. I think these other guys are going to play, and most teams don't have a workhorse back. So I do like McKinnon, but I'm not in love with McKinnon. I think he was good last year. I like what he can do, like, and, I, and, and I agree. I think a lot of it is that system. If I have him, I want him as a running back to George, but I want him on the turn, the, maybe the two, three turn, maybe a little bit deeper into the second. As far as Dalvin Cook goes, I want to make sure he's 100% healthy. I think he had a little bit more uh, structural damage when he tore his ACL, but I know he's back and running, supposed to be ready to go for training camp. As long as he looks good, remember, this is a guy that was leading the NFL in rushing when he did get hurt last year. And I like the young running back. But he's going to be playing in a different offense this year, so it's going to be interesting to see how that situation with the Vikings shake out now that you got Kirk Cousins in tow out there. So I find it interesting, but I do think Cook is the back to own. McKinnon goes right after him. And then we see Mike Evans coming towards the back end of round two. Evans had a down year last year, a lot of struggles with Jameis. Evans is a player I'm willing to go back to this year. I just think it's too much work for him. And I think Jameis and that crew have started to put it together a little bit better. I think he might get some value out of Evans this year because he might drop. And, uh, of course, people are going to be, like, down on Winston. Not so much on Evans, other than he drops balls. Uh, they're going to be down on Winston, who we're still waiting for to have, you know, to be consistent, really. He had some big games last year, but the consistency is not there. I'm not too big a fan of the head coach, either. I think they have some issues there. Running game, hopefully the rookie will fix that. You know, so maybe give a little bit more balanced offense. So maybe it's not all Winston's fault because, you know, you, you do need a balanced offense this year. And we all know, uh, you know, the muscle hamster wasn't getting it done. They had a whole, no, you know, they had, yeah, the barbers of the world. It's Charles Sims who really never became anything. Uh, but this wide receiver core, you know, Evans, Jackson, Chris Godwin is somebody, by the way, deeper leagues. I mean, really deep or, or flyers. You want to keep an eye on him because I think he's going to take over for Humphreys there. And I, you love the tight end core. So the, the weapons are there for Winston. So, uh, yes, I like Evans. I like, uh, I like the fact that he's not – there was talk last year, him going in the first round. I shouldn't say talk. He went in the first round of a lot of leagues last year. You're not going to yeah. see that this year. So you might be able to get him late round two, early round three. I'm going to like the value. Yeah, I think I like the value on Evans a lot. After Evans goes off the board, then we get Christian McCaffrey, Joe Mixon appear running backs going into their second year. I think we love McCaffrey and what he can do in PPR. I just don't know how you know if Turner's going to use him. That's what I worry yeah. about with McCaffrey. He's only a PPR guy. I mean, standard. I mean, it, they they just signed C.J. Anderson what, a week, ten days ago, two weeks. So he's going to be in that Jonathan Stewart role, and I imagine he'll be the goal line guy. You know, you're not going to want McCaffrey running into those 300 pound linemen over and over again. That's not good for his health. Not good for my health either. So uh, listen, I like McCaffrey. I do, but he's a PPR guy only for me. And you know, Norv. He, he will, he'll get the ball to the back. He's going to use his weapons. He has his own system, absolutely, but he's going to get the ball to, to McCaffrey in, in space. So I'm not truly worried about that. McCaffrey is where – I think he's going exactly where he should go. Late round two, early round three, PPR only for me. In the standard league, he can go a couple of rounds later. What about Mixon? Uh, a lot of people are coming back to Mixon. I don't like Mixon on this 2-3 turn, I'll be honest with you. I want a little bit more of a value. I definitely want to have him as an RB2, maybe as an RB3, but that more than likely won't happen. I, Mixon just put a bad taste in my mouth last year, George. Am I wrong for thinking that, you know what, let me see Let me see another year of this guy. Or is that a player that I should go in on thinking? It's, it's, no, it's no discount to him, no. I don't feel like his, his stock is going up. There are no discounts on any running backs. We just need them too much. You know, there's, <laughs> there's not enough to go around. There's just not. Uh, now, I don't, uh, I'm not mad at the player. I'm more mad at Marvin Lewis for what he did last year where he seemed to want Mixon to earn the job. And listen, I get that. 
you know, I do get it that a rookie just, just shouldn't be handed at anything. But, you know, and it's football. It's not baseball, basketball, or hockey where you play a thousand games. You play 16 in football. You can't let him earn it. Oh, he's going to wait till week six. That's ridiculous. If he's the better back, he has to start. That Cincinnati offensive line was putrid last year. It was bad. Barry Sanders couldn't run behind that line. Jim Brown couldn't <laughs> run behind that line. All right? So I never watched Jim Brown play, so I don't want to hear the age thing. So, uh, you know, I just I, I do like the talent in Mixon. Not that I ever think he's going to be, a, you know, an, an all-pro or running back one, but I think he's better than what we've seen. So I am interested, Corey, but the problem is I think the line is better, but not immensely better. Andy Dalton still sucks, you know. So, yeah. you know, what, what's, the, what's, what's your upside here? You know, I think he is a running back. Too. You can't get him as a running back three. That's a gift from God if you do. Yeah, he's not going top twenty. You know, top twenty-five, top thirty. He's going to have to go as a low-end RB two around the eighteen range. So I'll take my chances with that. But I don't see a big breakout year coming. But I do see better than last year. Okay, so that's that is the situation right there with Joe Mixon. I don't like the second round price. That's two Cincinnati Bengals in the second round. AJ Green and Joe Mixon. Give me A.J. Green over Joe Mixon in round two every time. If I can get Mixon in the third, I would like it a little bit better, but I would want to make sure my roster construction is that so um, somebody could break out in case Mixon does falter again. Then to end round two and start round three, LaShawn McCoy and Devontae Freeman. And this is where it gets interesting. How do Dalvin Cook, Jerick McKinnon, and Joe Mixon get drafted before Devontae Freeman and LaShawn McCoy. Why? Listen, anytime Devontae Freeman falls to the third round, you cannot make a better pick. Yeah, he's going to miss a game or two with a concussion, and these things are starting to get a little bit more serious with him. But, George, you look at the work next to the goal line, can catch the football, and nobody really runs it better than him or harder than him in the NFL. I get the concussion. I, I get it. And it's a running back who's going to, uh, regardless of what the NFL is going to try and do, when you can't leave with your head anymore and all this other stuff, which, by the way, I'm dying to see how this works out for running backs, uh, is, you know, you're going you're gonna to have a greater risk of a concussion. I get it. You know, he's going to get hit in the head who knows how many times per game, 20, 25, 30 times. And I, uh, although there's, and, and there's really no data proof, but, you know, just logical thinking tells you, well, if you already have one, we know it's easier to get one, and you're going to get hit in the head a lot. That don't sound good. That being said, I'm drafting Freeman over any of those running backs you just named. Yeah, easily. Like I said, I, I thought Freeman's a, uh, a top of round two. He's a top 12 back for me. I like him. I love the offense. Because regardless that we think Julio Jones might miss some games, I mentioned they added Calvin Ridley. So defenses sort of have to pick their poison now. You know, do you play a safety over the top to make sure uh, Jones doesn't get by you, uh, or Ridley for that matter? Or do you put him eighth man in the box? Most teams in today's football – are going to go with that man over the top because they don't want to get they don't, they don't want to get six points in one play. They'll take yeah. you know Freeman getting five six yards a carry, slow death, rather than instant death. So uh, you know I like Freeman a lot. But that being said, sure I'm worried about the injury. But Corey, isn't that true with every running back? Most of these every guys play, have some sort of injury history. Yep. It can happen with anybody. You just, with Freeman, the concussions start to pile up. You start to get nervous about it because, you know, that first one, you might miss a week. I remember that concussion he had last year. He may have missed two weeks. I worry about another concussion coming up this season. Maybe that's a four. Maybe that's four. Maybe that puts him on the uh, the injured reserve because, obviously, they want to protect the young man who, listen, he's willing to go out there and, 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 and play through it all. But, you know, in a situation where the team has to get involved, they got to step in front and protect him because of the seriousness of these head injuries. All right, before we leave this, let me ask you a question. Okay, I know you didn't hear, but let's say you drafted Freeman. Doesn't matter where you drafted him. You drafted him two, round three, whatever. Does that automatically mean that you're going to be a little bit more hard-pressed to draft Tevin Coleman or the rookie, Edo Smith? And if you are, which one? Here's the deal with that. Years in the past, I would say no, because I looked at Coleman as his entity on its own because I thought that he was able to give you RB2 and PPR on his own. So I was like, okay, let me get one of the guys in this backfield. This season, I'm more than likely to draft Coleman and Freeman on the same team this year, more than likely to do so. And then can you play them together is the question, George. I love how you said that, Corey, because that's, that's the point I was going to bring up as well. That Coleman is sort of a running – he's not a, uh, a handcuff. He's a running back on his own that people will start anyway, uh, especially in PPR leagues. So I think, you know, if – the player I'm probably looking for would be Edo Smith because if, uh, I would think that he's the one whose playing time goes up more dramatically 
if Devonta Freeman gets hurt because he's more the uh, the traditional running back. Coleman's going to play either way. You can use him either way. Uh, even I mean, listen, I don't want to use him with Devonta Freeman on the same team, same time. And you hate to do yeah. that, but because there's just not enough carries to go around here. But Edo Smith is the guy who I'm probably if I'm going to take Freeman and I and I am truly worried about the concussions. I'm going to make sure I grab Edo Smith later on because you can get him late. You can probably get him around 12, around 13 as a pure handcuff for Freeman. And listen, even if it doesn't work out, Edo Smith is a guy you can release to get the hot guy, whatever hot guy becomes available on your, on your waiver wires in week one, week two. All right, so there you go right there. You got questions for keeper leagues. You got rookie drafts. Maybe you've already started your best ball process. Any fancy football-related topic, 844-843-6879. Telephone lines open. You want to get involved with the fantasy football frenzy. When we come through on the other side, we'll start to get into round three and break down some of these picks going on. We see two tight ends go off the board. And then we got a couple of running, a couple of wide receivers who broke out last year and a couple of wide receivers who disappointed last year. Round three. Fantasy Football Frenzy, the exec and George Kurtz coming to you right here on FNTSY Radio. Playing daily fantasy basketball this year? Consider Daily Roto your go-to resource. Whether you play on DraftKings or FanDuel, Daily Roto's customizable projections, podcasts, strategy guides, and lineup optimizer will help you compete with the pros in a fraction of the time. With a team featuring millionaire maker winners and live final champions, there's no better place to get your NBA DFS content. Better yet, you can save 10% using the promo code FNTSY. So go to DailyRoto.com premium and learn more about our awesome product. Fantasy Football Frenzy, weekend edition, talking fantasy football with my man George Kurtz, Corey Foster, fantasy executive, right here on FNTSY Radio. Don't forget, each and every weekday morning starts with the Roto Experts in the morning, followed by Carton and Friends, and then we get into FST today, the BFFs, my man Gabe and Cam with Gabe Time Decisions, full day's lineup right here. Sports Talk, Fancy Talk on FNTSY Radio. Get involved, download the app, whether it's iHeart, iTunes, or the FNTSY Radio app. We got you covered. All right, George, so here we go. After Freeman, we see Gronk and we see Kelsey go off the board. Get the two tight ends out the way. I try to find values when it comes to tight ends, so... I'm not really ever going to take a tight end in the third round. Now, if Travis Kelsey's there in the fourth, it's a good chance I jump on him there. If Zach Ertz is there in the sixth, that's how I do my tight ends. I try to find the value on the board. If not, I just wait until a little bit later on. Another running back that I find interesting going in the third round who probably could have been drafted before Cook and McKinnon, or maybe def- well, Mixon and McKinnon, um, is Jordan Howard. A lot of people are high on Tariq Cohen this year. You know, Tariq Cohen quietly caught 50-something balls last year. The offense that the Chicago Bears are moving to is going to suit Tariq Cohen's game. He's a player that fantasy owners are going to be looking at and talking about. He can definitely have a breakout season, Tariq Cohen, this year when it comes to PPR leagues. And then when he gets the football in his hand, the young man is so dangerous. But people tend to forget about Jordan Howard, George. And Jordan Howard has, has like been in the RB1 conversation his first two years in the league. But fantasy owners seem to hate Jordan Howard. <laughs> you know what? Uh, I might be along, along with those fantasy owners. I think if you had him last year, you're very angry. Uh, I think it's where it comes down to a uh, little recency bias there. I mean, we discussed with Joe Galina yesterday, Jordan Howard. He was so inconsistent last year. You know, he had big, huge games, 140 yards, 167, 102, 125, 147, and then games with seven yards, six yards. You know, you know, 38, 37, 44. So he, he was so up and down, you couldn't rely on him from week to week. Uh, I'm not worried about if I'm drafting Howard or really anybody. I'm not so worried about a player like Terry Cohen. Most teams have someone like this. In today's NFL, it's the way it is. It's not like it was in the 90s and before then where it was one running back and that's all you needed. Most teams are going to have a complimentary back. They don't want to get their running back killed. You know, I, and I don't disagree with this at all. I think in today's NFL, that's just the way it is. So uh, it doesn't bother me all that much. I think Howard's another guy. Now you look at this uh, Baltimore. Oh, Baltimore! You look at the Chicago offense. It's getting better. 
You know, uh, right? It, it certainly looks like it looks the part of an NFL offense. You got Trubisky, gets another year in. You know, you got you bring over Allen Robinson, another guy coming off ACL. Anthony Miller, you get the rookie. Taylor Gabriel, maybe you get something out of Kevin White. You bring over a tight end, Trey Burton, who I like a lot, the ex-Philadelphia Eagle. This is a legitimate NFL offense now, so teams won't be loading up to stop Jordan Howard. We have to remember last year, anyone who wanted to name me the number one wide receiver on Chicago? Anyone. Anyone want to name it? Because they were all hurt. It probably, it probably was Tariq Cohen. It probably was, right? I, mean, I think that's a fair answer. So this year, they're not going to have that problem. So they're not going to be stacking the box to stop Howard. He's another guy that I think could offer tremendous value. I'm not saying he's going to return top five running back value, but I, it wouldn't shock me at all, Corey. Not at all. If he's back to being, a, at the end of the season, back to being a top 10 back. And what's great at it, you don't have to draft him as a top 10 back. He's going third round and later because so many people are angry about last season. I do wonder, though, you know, we're in May. I wonder when we get to August, you know, even draft in September, if his value starts to climb up as people start to realize this. I think that could be possibly be the case also. Like you said, we could see running backs this be dominated in the first two rounds of the draft. Could see where we're going back to running back, running back starts. But obviously, we're going to help you figure out the strategy as we move along as we get closer to those months. So after Howard, interesting, Tyreek Hill goes. A lot of people are high on Tyreek Hill. I, I think when we're said and done, I think Tyreek Hill is going to rest in the second round of fantasy drafts. And I know everybody's excited about Pat Mahomes, George. But Pat Mahomes has not done anything yet. And if Pat Mahomes can't get it right, your second-round buyer, Tyreek Hill, is going to go by the wayside. Are you more on the side of risking on Tyreek Hill in a second that Mahomes can get him the football and get that explosive playmaker in situations to get points for fantasy teams? Or do you worry about, you know what, if this thing goes wrong, Tyreek Hill is a dud. You know, I can see to get some uh, – I'm going to have to disagree with you on purpose, on, on really, because you and I think too much alike. So uh, – because I agree with you, everything you just said there. I think it's, it's silly when people just think Patrick, he played one freaking NFL game, and now he's going to be the second coming here. You know, I, I don't blame the Chiefs for moving on from Alex Smith. I don't blame that at all. He, I think he was only able to get you to a certain place, and you're, you're, you know, you're there already. So you need to move on. You, need to, you do need to find out if Mahomes can take you – you know, get you past Pittsburgh, get you past New England. You know, so you do need to see that. So I don't mind that at all. But for fantasy owners who just assume that Mahomes is going to pick up where Smith left off or and even be better, I think is silly. You know, he won't be – Mahomes won't be in my top 12 quarterbacks. If someone wants to grab Tyreek Hill in the second round, good luck to you because it won't be me. I guarantee you that you won't see Tyreek Hill on any of my teams if I had a dread in the second round. Even Travis Kelsey I'm worried about this year because Alex Smith, you know – I think we were doing him a disservice by calling him a game manager. I think he's a little bit better than that. Matter of fact, if you follow Lewis Riddick on Twitter, who's a great follower, by the way, he's been pointing out all week how uh, I think Alex Smith, over the past, uh, I think it's five, six, seven years, his deep percentage is better than most uh, quarterbacks. So he's not just what we think he is. Uh, which, uh, you know, I think, once again, lies, damn lies, and st- uh, statistics. We can make a point out to anything we want, but I get the point. So I don't know if Mahomes is automatically going to take off from that. I think he's going to have some rough games here. So, so I'm not taking Tyreek Hill in round two. And, you know, I don't have Kelsey as my number two tight end. Listen, he's not falling that far. But I would take Zach Ertz over him because I'm worried about Patrick Mahomes and just automatically everyone thinking he's going to be as good or better than Alex Smith. That might be true, but maybe it's week 10 where that's true. I agree with you 100% on that one. <clears throat> I definitely could see a slow start coming for uh, for the young man. Now, a player who was on a 2-3 turn last year slides into the middle of the third. I've seen him as deep as the middle, uh, late third, early fourth. And that's Doug Baldwin. Doug Baldwin clearly is the number one target for Russell Wilson in that Seahawks offense. You know that they want to run the football more, but still Doug Baldwin is going to get his work. I just worry if Doug Baldwin is going to get enough work. I think he disappointed last year relative to where he was to where he was drafted after two very good seasons. Where do you stand on Doug Baldwin this going into 2018, George? I, I am lost on Seattle, Corey. I mean, uh, it's tough. We're Scott Angle when we can yell at him. I mean, I, you don't. You don't take an offensive <laughs> bring, lineman in the don't first Don't bring him up. Don't call him. <laughs> oh, it's like a bad signal can, you just pulled out. <laughs> I can promise you that. Scott was great, though. I worked with him because I used to fight with him on things I didn't even care about just to get him just to get him riled up. It was fun. 
You know, I think I, I argued with him about Derek Jeter one week. Even though I, I don't think I, I really believed what I was saying, but I, just, I want to get Scott all riled up. It's fun to get Scott riled up. I don't know why I enjoy it is, that. I love when it he is says fun, right? Not, I love when he says the Seahawks are not rebuilding; they're retooling. <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah, that's what they are. I mean, listen, let's yeah. let's talk about the Seahawks, though. I mean, uh, I think I think Pete Carroll is a great coach. But I don't understand what they're doing. You don't grab the offensive lineman in round one. You know, you go for the running back in Rashad Penny. Okay, I mean, you needed that too. I get it. Although with Chris Carson, I think you were actually okay there. And running backs can be found later in the draft. I would have taken an offensive lineman. You know, I was the person last year was pushing Russell Wilson for MVP. Uh, only if they yep. made the playoffs. But when they didn't make the playoffs, I understand. But because what he was doing last year was amazing. And really amazing. Yep. He was drawing plays in the dirt. It was pretty much Russell. Can you just run around behind the offensive line? Let these guys chase you all over the field till you find somebody open. That was the that was the offense. And they had no running game, no offensive line. Russell just just run and pray, you know. And it was ridiculous. You don't have Jimmy Graham this year, all right? You know, you, you lost there was a poor Richardson, so he's gone. So there's not a lot to like there at wide receiver other than Baldwin. He's going to face the number one cornerback each and every week because I don't think Tyler Lockett scares anybody. Jaron Brown, Amara Darbo, the draft pick from last year. No. So I don't like what's going on here. Plus, the defense we know is a mess, right? I mean, you got rid of, uh, you got rid of Bennett. A couple other guys can't, aren't coming back. We have to retire. Uh, Earl Thomas, is he going to get traded to Dallas? Is he not going to get traded to Dallas? How badly does he want out of there? Is he going to show up to anything? This offseason, they're a mess. Seattle's a mess. You know, they're, they're not even anywhere near the top of this division anymore. You know, that's the Rams. You know, even San Fran, I might put it ahead of Seattle here. They have issues here badly. Baldwin, I still like him, but I'm, 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 I can't take him as a wide receiver one. Certainly not that. Low-end wide receiver two, I can deal with that. But uh, I'm worried about this offense. I'm worried a lot about this offense. Would you rather have T.Y. Hilton? With a healthy luck, well, obviously, I think you'd rather have T.Y. Hilton with a healthy luck than Baldwin. You'd rather have Hilton with a healthy luck. Where do you, okay, I think Hilton can finish as a top five fantasy wide receiver as a, if, if Andrew Luck plays 16 games this year. T.Y. Hilton is going to be the steal of the draft. Obviously, we got to see that happens as we get closer to training camp and is Andrew Luck actually going to ever throw a football again. Now, with this being said, where he's going right now is like the fourth, fifth round of drafts. And that's where he should be because people are lost on Andrew Luck. If Andrew Luck is throwing the football in August, George, what are you doing with T.Y. Hilton? Well, you know, uh, it's, it's a great point. You know, you say, would you rather have a healthy Hilton with Luck or a Baldwin? Well, we don't know. If you're drafting right now, we don't know about Luck. And you're not going to know in the next month or two either. You know, you're not going to know for quite a while. I think what I uh, – how risk-averse are you? I mean, that's really what it comes down to me. You know, I look at T.Y. Hilton. You know, without Luck last year, still almost had 1,000 yards. You know, still almost had 1,000 yards. I have to believe, at the very least, Luck does play at some point this year. You know, I mean, I I guess the floor, that Luck does play at some point. Whether it's 16 games, 10, 12, 8, 2, that is really, I think, more of a – I guess more of the bone of contention, more, more we, we could debate here. But I do think luck plays. So I'm willing to take a shot on Hilton. But if I do that, what it automatically means is I can't take, really take another shot or two. Now I'm just totally gambling here. Right. I, I'm, I'm, I'm very conservative that way. I don't mind taking one shot, Corey, but I'm not taking three or four. Because if you do, yes, if you hit on all three or four, you probably win your league easy because you got these guys all late. But odds are you're probably going to hit on one or two and miss on the other two, which means you pretty much ended up where you were anyway. And if you miss on all four, well, you can start looking forward to basketball and hockey because your football team's done. Yep. <laughs> no doubt about it. You nailed, you, nailed, you nailed it with that one, George. So I think, look, Hilton's going to be an interesting guy because I like Hilton a lot. I did last year. Let me ask you this question. Which Minnesota Viking wide receiver would you take first, Diggs or Thielen? I don't think we know the answer. To that. you got a new quarterback now. Right, you yep. got a new quarterback in Kirk Cousins. Some people believe that the reason why Kirk uh, was more, mm, what's the word I'm looking for? He he played it safe in Washington over the last year or two because he wanted to protect the big contract. So he wasn't letting it loose, wasn't taking uh, as many chances as maybe maybe he should. That most quarterbacks take, wasn't throwing the world deeper to the secondary, that sort of thing, because he knew the big contract was coming. He wanted to protect his numbers here. Well, now he's got the big contract, so now he can afford to fire it deep. 
you know, and not worried about uh, getting picked off. We're not worried about his completion percentage, whatever he's worried about. Assuming that's true. And once again, it's a conspiracy theory, but it's fun to talk about. Um, uh, I think, once again, I think Diggs is the better wide receiver. You know, if I'm starting an NFL team, I want Diggs. You know, I think he's the better player. But I think for my fantasy and the way I draft in PPR leagues, I'm probably going Thielen because I think he'll be more of the safety play. He could find Thielen. He'll catch his share of balls. I think Diggs will have bigger games. Yeah, where he's gonna, you know, like I don't want the New Orleans play is not gonna happen all that often. Uh, God bless that cornerback. But uh, I think he'll have bigger games where he make he breaks bigger plays because I think he is the better wide receiver. But I think I'm probably drafting Thielen first. That being said, it doesn't surprise me if one goes, you know, four three and the other one goes four eight, same rounds, a couple of spots later. I think a lot of people are gonna be wrestling with the same decision. I'm gonna ch- uh, probably choose a safer play, which for me will be Thielen. But I have no problem with Diggs. Yeah, I have no problem with Diggs either. I think Thielen is the safer play, mainly because Diggs, being a smaller guy, tends to stay banged up. Really see a lot of seasons where Diggs will miss two or three games. He's going to be questionable on a lot of Sunday mornings. You don't know if he's going to be a decoy. Listen, when he's out there on the field, he's the type of guy that can get you eight to ten catches in one game. The problem is, is he going to – he, he what it is, George, I like my Sunday mornings to be easy going when I'm setting my lineups. You can't have <laughs> Don't we all? You can't have a you can't have an easy going Sunday morning when you're checking to see if Stephon Diggs is going to be active or inactive. That's LaShawn McCoy disease, right? We never know if he's going to play or not. That's <laughs> just so nuts. Uh, I, and I agree with you. I, I I agree. I don't. That's another thing I don't want because, you know, if you do have players like this, it means you have to have, depending on how big your bench is, you need backups for these guys to make sure you can cover for him. And, you know, if it's LaShawn McCoy, do I take his backup or do I just need another backup running back? Then you look at Matt, it can drive you insane. So I agree. I like to know guys who are uh, – it's a, a phrase I love. The most important ability is availability. And some no guys don't always it. have it, and Diggs is one of those guys. So Thielen is the pick right there. Now, George, I would guess we got a couple more minutes to go before we wrap up and put a bow on, on this hour right here. So what I ask you is this. But I, well, coming down the board, getting closer to my goal on on a three four turn, I um, I had Derrick Henry at the top of my queue. I'm like, if Derrick Henry lasts all the way to me, then I, this is this worked out perfectly. Derrick Henry goes a pick before me. On the board is you know, on the board still you still have some top wide receivers on the board, or guys that could put up some good numbers at wide receivers on the board. At running back, though, is where it gets interesting because the running back that are on the boards, are, um, you have Carlos Hyde there, right? You have Jay Ajay there. You have Mark Ingram. And then you have a couple of rookies, people like and Alex Collins. You also have Brandon Cooks, Zach Ertz, Josh Gordon, Allen Robinson on the board. I couldn't pass up on Josh Gordon as a wide receiver three, so I took Josh Gordon. And for my running back, George, I took Jay Ajay. All right. So, uh, listen, I think I'm taking Ingram out. He's suspended, and then they have a bye in week six, so you're not going to really see anything from Ingram until week seven. I'm taking Collins out. I just I hate Joe Flacco. Um, I'm taking Ertz out. Love, Joe, love Ertz, but I'm not taking a tight end that early. Uh, taking Hyde out because they, I mean, man, they got Chubb there. You got Duke Johnson, so I don't trust that. So it's really uh, between the Ajay. I'm taking Ajay because I want the one. Of the, he's the only running back left. So Ajay is definitely one of my picks there, and I think he's got the best situation out of all these guys. Cooks, Gordon, A. Rob. I mean, oh, man, Gordon, oh, is this going to be the year? Is this going to be? Uh, it's, it's Gordon or Cooks for me. That's where I'm going. I'm not going to take A. Rob either. Gordon or Cooks, I think it's, once again, it comes down to that safe play thing. I think Cooks is safer, but Gordon is the better player here. Is this going to be the year for him? Can he really get in mesh with uh, with Cleveland there? I, I can't knock it. I can't knock it. I want to fight with you. I truly do, but I can't knock it. I think I might have got I might have gone Gordon as well. He's so appealing when he's sitting there, especially to start the fourth round as a wide receiver three. So through four rounds, the team is Jay Ajay, Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, and Josh Gordon. I think we got something we can work with. Our number two fantasy football frenzy on the way.